What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. What's Up Whittier? Dun 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 dun. Remo. Yes, Jesse. I am staring at some nachos that we're going to devour right now, Jesse. It's <laughs> lunchtime. It's uh, it's definitely lunchtime, and I think we, you know, um, obviously we're at the Modern Shaman, and so uh, we've talked about trying to get some uh, some food ordered. I I, I walked away. Uh, meanwhile, you're ordering, and and uh, you kind of read my mind on in terms of uh, what I was looking for. I, I've known you long enough now, Jesse. I know how to order for you. There you go. There you go. And by the way, Kim Kim just walked out and said, uh, "We know exactly what you order every time you come here." So. I think they got on on speed dial. You know what? I order the exact same thing at almost all the restaurants every single time. There you go. I, I try to go with other people so I can actually try other food. There you go. But I like what I like, and I just keep going. Stick to it. To it. Yeah. Perfect. So today we uh, we have another special guest. I am Jacob Caputo. I run Haunted Whittier Tours, and I'm excited to be here today. And and Haunted Tours, and and that's the. Uh, Obviously, for, for those that don't know who what that is and what that means, uh, just give us a quick description of, of what that means uh, in terms of a haunted tour. Basically, we go on, I guess you would call it a ghost walk. We walk through the historical district. Um, I talk about some of the history and the ghost stories that are associated with our historical district, some of our homes. And so it's kind of a mix of, uh, I guess, legitimate history of the area and uh, the ghost stories. And, and Whittier itself, I mean, it, it, with the with the amount of uh, I guess years of being a, a city itself, mm-hmm. um, the change of population or demographics, um, and just the, the the history alone, it, it could tend. It, I could see how there's definitely some stories in there. One of the things I I impress upon my tour is we're not like a lot of other Southern California towns. We weren't just farmland that was plowed over. We have history going back to the Tongva Indians that lived here, the Spaniards that came after them. Um, there were Mexican rancheros that were here. We've even had a Mexican War battle that took place in this area. Uh, the Quakers show up after that. So there is a lot of compact history going back hundreds of years here in Whittier. Wow. In in uh, in terms of like that whole history, do you go into like details in terms of what these specific? Yeah, uh, I do. And we some of the stories we do talk about. Um, and I like to give everybody kind of a background of what was here in Whittier yep. and what we have here today. And uh, you know, history is always changing. Are we able to get a sneak peek of what that sounds like? Obviously, it's outside of the the, the haunted stories, but just some unique things that maybe happened in the seventeen eighteen hundreds. Oh, Maybe on, on, on sorry on, on specific streets. Obviously, back then the streets weren't established, but the general area. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the very first interviews that I did when I was trying to produce this tour because I kind of went into it. You know, I've heard different ghost stories. There's some that have obviously kind of filtered their way to me living here over the years. Um, but I interviewed a police officer that was long since retired, and I said, "You have anything for me?" And he's like, "Well." I don't know about ghosts so much, but he's like, I've got a really good story about my very first call. And his very first call was to go over on Hadley, kind of where Hadley starts um, sloping downward. And it kind of goes into a bit of a trough. He got a phone call that somebody had been digging in their backyard doing some uh, gardening, and they broke into an old wooden box, and it was a skeleton inside. 
And so they thought there was a murder. And he showed up, and they brought in the forensic people. They kind of opened up um, this box, and uh, it turns out that that was somebody that had died years ago at Murphy Hospital, and that was once an avocado orchard. And the uh, people at Murphy Hospital had a deal with the rancher back in the, this is the teens, early 1920s, that when people died and they had unclaimed bodies, they just buried them in the avocado orchard. Wow. And then the land, you know, in the 30s and 40s into the 50s, that area was developed, and the corpses are all still there, and they do pop up occasionally. Well, I was going to say, those are some damn good avocados of you. Uh. <laughs> they're killer. Yeah, they're killer avocados. <laughs> and, you know, there are some people that have some avocado trees, so you do wonder about the fertilizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, it's, it's interesting on how that works, you know, um, just in terms of, like, the overall uh, concept, right, of, of mm-hmm. using a place. Uh, and again, obviously, back then, there was really no regulations like they, did, no. like they do have now. Uh, where you got to be careful in terms of where you dig yeah. and so forth. Um, but so so you say that, and uh, obviously my business, I'm an architect, mm-hmm. and um, when we do projects here in the city of Whittier, uh, there is like a, 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 a letter or form you, you sign saying that if during any time you're doing excavation, you find mm-hmm. a body or something like that, uh, you have to have not- you have to send it out for notices oh, yeah. to see if it's uh, if it's uh, from uh, what do they call it uh, any tribes mm-hmm. in the area. Um, but it, again, so I'm, I'm not surprised that you know you would find bodies uh, still kind of lingering around. And interesting, I've talked to residents in that area, and they tell me in the early morning hours that sometimes the fog settles in that area, and it, there is kind of a coldness. And a lot of people think that the spirits of those people that died at Murphy Hospital all those years ago are still in that area just letting people know that that is their final resting place, perhaps because their bodies have not yet been discovered. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. That that is pretty gnarly. Now, if we were to put a location on it, I don't know if we can. (laughs) Is it Hadley and Painter-ish area? A little further down than that. So Um, closer to Pickering? Yeah, closer. Yeah, closer in that area. I never liked that area. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really interesting. I was going to say, before we get into some, I mean, I, I'm, I know you have a lot of good, good stories, but what, what kind of took you down this path of creating this haunted tour? You know, it's a good question. Um, every city I go to um, that I stay in, I look for a ghost tour because ghost tours are a good way to get the local flavor, the history of the area. And the tour guides I have generally found are pretty well researched, and you're going to get some stuff from them you're not going to hear in the local museums. Yeah. And so I've done them in Key West. I've done them in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Gettysburg. They have one over there. Um, I've even done some in Europe. And so being, being the fact that I've had that interest, um, I just kind of started thinking, you know what? Whittier doesn't have one. They have one in Orange. They have one in San Diego. L.A. has one. We need to have our own. Yeah. And I, went, I talked to the Whittier Museum. I just kind of ran it by them. I said, I, I'm thinking about doing this. And their comment to me was, well, we've been thinking about doing that for 20 years, but nobody ever came forward. Yeah. Here I am. There you go. So are you, are you affiliated with the museum? Or I am you? not. Okay. Uh, we talk, but yeah. I, I'm not, I don't work for them. Yeah. And, and, and why a walking tour? Versus a driving tour or a minibus or something? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think it's just fun to be out in the night air. 
Um, I think there's kind of an intimacy with whereas everybody kind of stands together. We get to know each other a little bit, uh, people from different walks of life, even different communities. Um, I've had tourists from Wales come on my tour. I've had people from, I actually had a group from Texas a few weeks ago. They didn't know anything about Whittier. And uh, so it's kind of fun to be in a situation where you can talk and kind of share some stories and whatnot. Um, It's fun when I have people from out of town that kind of talk about their ghosts. Mm And how did you curate the locations? Is it based off of the stories? It was. That, okay. Um, <clears throat> when I started interviewing people um, and talking to the museum, but also just kind of walking around the community, trying to find stories, trying to find people that wanted to share things with me, I started noticing there was a specific area that had a few better stories. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of how I laid out my route because I wanted, I wanted to be able to stop at certain houses because – it's fun to tell stories, but if you have a structure that you can point at yeah, and say, course, hey, yeah. this is haunted, mm-hmm. These are, this is the story that's associated with that spirit, it's a lot better than just you know, walking around and, yeah. and telling stories. It, is the story always growing as you ha- interact with other people? And you, you know, that's, that's a great question, yes. Um, when I started writing the script and I started doing the production work, the thing that I promised myself that I would, I would not embellish stories – I would not make them better than what the person told me. <clears throat> what I have found, though, is my stories have grown because people on my tour have said, hey, wait a minute, let me tell you what happened to me in that building. And so things have gotten, I've gotten more than I've, in fact, that's one of the great things about my tour is if you had gone two years ago, you're going to hear a very different tour today because I have learned more things. And, have, and even people out of the blue, I got a call from a guy that lives in New York, and he said, I grew up in Whittier, I saw you on Facebook, let me tell you my experience, and bam, new story. Wow. And what is even cooler about that is when they connect to a story that I already have that kind of establishes, hey, this ghost might be real because I've now heard it from a couple of different people that have no connection. Jeez. And again, with the, with the history we have here, I'm not surprised. Um, let's go into a little bit about your background. So you, um, you were born and raised in Woodard? I was, yeah. You're what you say. You're third. Gener- I'm third generation, almost fourth generation. Uh, my great great uncle um, Kohler, uh, he came here right after the First World War. Uh, he tended a small avocado ranch on what is today Scott Avenue, uh, and then my grandmother followed him out later, and uh, we've kind of been here ever since. And uh, Scott Avenue, that oh, that's on the other side of town. Yeah, it's East Whittier. And yeah. uh, so your so your family has a background in. in- Avocados. Uh, they did, yeah. They, they they he ranched it until basically he was too old to do so in the uh, the mid nineteen fifties. Um, there are still on that property. My family still owns it. My uncle lives in that house today. Um, they actually have a couple of avocado trees that are still there. Um, you know, back in the day, they were planted and they're still producing. No wooden boxes though. No, <laughs> <laughs> not discovered. Not, no. not yet. No, I haven't yeah. found anything like yeah. that in the ground yet. Yeah, yeah. No reason to dig. That's why. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I used to dig in the orchard all the time. Never found anything. But uh. mm-hmm. yeah. So you're local uh, to Whittier. Obviously, family's here. Um, in, in terms of like the stuff you've been hearing, um, what is one one story that you have that you're like? Um, that's that's obviously everything you have is obviously strange. But it, like, yeah, is there anything that kind of stands out there? Like, man, like. I don't know how I could tell this story or, or, uh, you know, that, that's a great question. Um, once again, not a ghost story, but some very dark history here in Whittier that, um, has completely been lost. 
Um, if you come on my tour, you can hear the entire story, but um, it is the tale of George Hessel. Um, he was a axe murderer here in Whittier. He killed his entire family um, and then basically took off out of California, went and hid in Texas, did it again. And um, eventually, obviously, he was caught. But what a bizarre history, what a bizarre piece of history that has completely been lost. And I've got the uh, newspaper articles to prove that it happened. LA Times covered it back in the day. And, you know, it just was kind of lost And until uh, the Whittier Museum helped me dig it back up. And it's now part of the tour. Is that recent? Uh, like- no, no. This, this happened um, actually during the First World War. Okay. So that's how long ago it was. Um, but things like that do get, you know, kind of forgotten over the years. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that happened on Whittier Boulevard. Now, back then, it was not much of a boulevard. It was more of a dirt road. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, and I think that's kind of why it was able to happen and the guy got away with it because there really wasn't much in East Whittier at that time. Yeah. What, uh, um, in terms of the stories you cover, uh, do you do all, all of them, are all of them, would date way back or is there like a range in terms of where you try to stay with do you know that that's a great question i really try hard to keep them way back and um i have a good reason for that um you know sometimes if you have a ghost that's more recent um you know maybe you have somebody on my tour that's a family of that person that maybe Mm. you know they may not like that or something like that um i do have the my I guess I would call it my most recent ghost was somebody that was murdered in Turnbull Canyon in the 1970s. Wow. Um, so that's that's about as recent as I get. And, and you you say and you reference obviously ghosts like are these uh, are these actual spirits that, that people encounter and uh, and you know people talk about? They believe or- that they are absolutely. One of the things I think makes a good ghost story is the fact that you can connect it to a story. Um, you know. People may talk about, oh, you know, that house is haunted, there's some spirit in there, but it, that's not particularly interesting. But if you can connect it to some, some great history, like, well, why does she walk the halls? Maybe she's a jilted lover or something like that. She was murdered. Um, once you get a good story, that, that's, that's what people want to hear. Is there a, a favorite story that you love to tell? In your- there is, and um, this is funny that you mention that because it's one of those stories, as he had mentioned, that keeps growing. Um, I grew up hearing it from a friend about a lady in white who walks Turnbull Canyon Road. And basically long flowing white robes or, I don't know, maybe burial shrouds, whatever you want to say. And she's seen at different points in the, um, in the canyon. And when I first started doing this tour, the person who saw her, a friend of mine growing up, told me what had happened, told me a great story about it. Come on the tour. You can hear the whole thing. But as I've told that story, I can't. I've probably had in the last two years at least 20 different people who have had experiences with her and had told me similar versions to the story that I heard from my friend. And so I'd say it's, it's a popular story. It's a fun one for me to tell. And the fact that I keep getting confirmation that she's back there makes it even better can you share with us a story or is it a yeah i'll share you i'll share part of it with you um the belief that i have about who she is is a woman who uh very beautiful um she was um dating someone that was from a more wealthy family she was perhaps from the other side of the tracks at least that's what the story is and she became pregnant and when she told her lover what had happened 
Uh, he didn't want anything to do with her. He didn't want to marry her. And we don't know for sure, but she got into her car and drove into the canyon. The car wrecked and killing her and the unborn child. And she apparently is still back there walking the canyon, looking uh, perhaps for revenge. Perhaps she's looking for her lover. We don't know. The story I heard this from was from a police officer who was trained by the man that first basically was the first person on the scene. Um, if you if you had come on my tour two years ago, I would have told you that she only appears to men because every single person that I had interviewed was a man and said when they saw her, said she seemed very angry as if she was a jilt, jilted. However, I have since had at least one woman that has seen her, and the story I got from her was that she had a flat tire in the canyon and she couldn't get her husband on the cell phone to come and help her. And as she was sitting there in the car, she saw what looked to be a woman in white in the front of her car that told me that it gave her a peaceful feeling as if it was watching over her. Wow. So is it the same spirit? I don't know. I kind of think so. But she said the spirit disappeared as soon as she was able to connect with her husband on the cell phone. And this, Wonderful story. And, and the different um, versions of it or what they've seen, this is independent of them being oh, yeah. on a table like this yeah. and everyone kind of sharing mm-hmm. their piece. Absolutely. So you're, you're kind of the receiver of mm-hmm. everyone's story. I mean, just two weeks ago, I had a guy on my tour that uh, said that they were up. He was a kid. They were driving the canyon late at night. He said they, they saw her, and he said very clearly a woman standing there in white. He said that freaked them to, out. They drove out of there really quickly, but he said everybody in the car saw her. So it's one of those great things where, you know, it started with just a story from a friend of mine, and now I've had multiple people confirm it, and it's all very similar. It doesn't kind of go outside of that spectrum. It, it's, it's, I know you're saying it's, uh, you talked about at the end, like a peaceful kind of interaction with, yeah. the, with the ghost or, or the spirit. But you almost have that sense of with any time you're dealing with the spirit, it's either going to be a, a kind of chilling one, like yeah. a, a little scary, or like kind of, you said, a little bit more peaceful. Yeah. Um, based on the stories you have, do you see more of the kind of frightening side of things or peaceful side of things? Do you know, a lot of the spirits around here have been, I would say, less malevolent, mm-hmm. uh, more just um, maybe even some people say a recording in time. Um, there's uh, basically the old woman's club up here. There's a couple of spirits that are seen there. Um, and most of the people that see them, they don't seem to interact. They just It's like they're seeing a recording in history, maybe somebody walking back and forth wearing period clothing from you know the 1920s or the 30s. Um, it isn't as if the ghost seems to even acknowledge them. Um, so you, know, you can put that into a, what you will. And based on all these stories, have have you come across any of these spirits that you yourself have have uh, experienced in person? Do you know it's funny? Um, a friend of mine who actually was the very first person on my tour because, of course, I brought friends and family on when yeah. I was trying to kind of construct this. And at the end of my tour, she said to me, "She's like, you know, you're making these ghost celebrities." She said, "You are telling their story. These are stories that haven't been well told." over the years and she's like they're going to start making them their appearance um more frequent than before and i kind of said yeah 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 you know and we've over the years i've had some odd occurrences that don't really make a lot of sense um there's one house that i go by um i i talk about the resident there 
Um, we've had when, and I know the resident, and I know she's not home yet. The light upstairs will turn on and off by itself. No way. And I've I've called her. I, that every time it happens, I call her and I said, you know, is there anybody in there? You know, there was the cat messing with it or something. She's like, no, there's nobody in that room. I know there's nobody in that room at that time. And yet we've had that happen. Um, there's another house that I've gone by. Um, the wind chimes will frequently go off when I talk about the spirit. So I don't know if that's uh, them just uh, letting us know that, you know, they're there. The, the tour loves it. Yeah. Sometimes they even ask me, like, are you making that happen? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. Again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big, uh, I mean, I believe that we, we definitely have spirits that are around us. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's always kind of not trying to stir up anything just because, I feel that it's it's more of a, you know, some people like to be at peace, you know? Yeah. Um, so that kind of, for me, it gives me a little bit of chills. <laughs> I, I feel like what I do is I, I try to be very respectful. Um, I am, there are other ghost tours that you can go on where they might bring devices to try to communicate with the spirits or they have different apps where you can pick up ghost sounds and stuff. I don't do any of that. I kind of feel that it's a little hokey just because... It could be like, you know, you're pushing buttons to make things happen. I don't want my guests to feel that way. I just want to tell the stories and let them interact in whichever way they see fit. Um, and I think it's just more fun for the tour that way. So on the tour, is there any visuals or any, is it, or just, is it you kind of it just, narrating it's, it's the whole me, time? It's me narrating the whole time. I bring pictures. Okay. Um, I've got lots of vintage photos that I've collected that I, um, of the area. Um, some of the, the people, the ghosts, or actually the, when they were still alive, obviously, mm-hmm. um, that I will share. And, um, and, you know, those are good visual aids and kind of help people get into, you know, what it was like. All right. So here's a question maybe you can answer or not answer. In your opinion, which is the most haunted location property here in the city? Is that something that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I would say there's two, there's two places. Um, our old women's club that's over here by Central Park, um, it's been vacant for a number of years. Um, people hear music emanating out of that building. There's nobody in there. And when I say music, like stuff from the 30s and 40s. Is that by the church? Yes, it's right next to the church. Is that the um, the Red Cross building? It was the Red Cross building, yes. Okay. But okay. it was it was the women's club back in the day. Um, and then it became the Red uh, Cross. I believe they closed operations in 2016, so it's been vacant for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've had lights turn on and off over there a couple of times. Um, if you stand on the porch a little too long, um, you'll you'll feel like you're being watched. I'll say this: so um, I've been in that building several times. Yeah, and one time, it, most of the times I've been there with somebody else. Mm-hmm. There was one time when I went in by myself. The, the guy's like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm going to give you the keys. Let yourself in. Yeah. It was definitely freaky. Like, it, yeah. it was... Uh, really? Because yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, um, so, have you been inside the building? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So, it has an old theater. Yeah, it does. Uh, and, it does. And it, it's a, it, the theater split into two levels now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you... The top portion is the one where, for me, when I was up there, I was like... I mean, it, again, it's an old building. These are creaking. You and do so hear forth. things, yeah. But there was stuff that was moving that you're like, how is that stuff moving? There's no air moving. Yeah. There's no circulation here. Yeah. Um, so let's put it this way. I went in fairly quickly and <laughs> came back out. <laughs> I had a real estate agent tell me that he, um, I guess he had the keys to show it at times and doesn't didn't particularly like the building. He said anytime he was in there by himself, he said he heard voices. Um, he said one time it actually almost brought him to tears. And uh, so there's definitely something over there. I have one other location, though, uh, that's 
even more haunted than that building, and it's actually an open location, and it is our former cemetery, uh, Founders Park. Um, and uh, there are things that happen there all the time. Um, I always tell people on my tour, if you want to have an experience, go over there at night, get your phone out, start taking pictures. You will get little orbs of light. You will get um, just things moving around. Um, heck, you might even hear voices. Yeah. And that park was built on on top of the cemetery, That's or right. or the cem- the se- the coffins were moved right to a different. Some other- of them were okay, uh, but not many. Yeah. Most most of the bodies are still yeah. there. I've always thought that was kind of the weirdest park around yeah. residential and yeah. the cemetery that was there. Yeah. So it, you definitely feel and, like and there there weird. is a lot of history to the people that are buried there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are Civil War veterans that are buried there. Um, there is even some people that are important to Western history that are uh, buried there. Obviously, the founders of Whittier, many of them are, have been laid to rest there. So a uh, very, very historic place and definitely a very haunted location. So, growing up, I, I um, we used to frequent Turbo Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little spot there where, like, Beverly ends. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to hang out as, as teenagers would. And um, we would always hear stories about, like, a pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. And how you would see or hear animals uh, kind of come back to life and mm-hmm. so forth. Anything that you've heard? You know, it's funny you mention that because Turnbull Canyon... It's there's so many legends about what was back there. I, I can tell you, historically speaking, the Workman family owned that land. Um, the legend has always been that the Native Americans that worked for the Workman family wouldn't go back there because they said it was where the evil spirits, spirits dwelled. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the legend that there was an insane asylum back there, which actually there is. It's not true, but there is. It does connect some truth because we do know that there was a resort back there called a sanitarium. Uh, was owned by the family that built Rose Hills. But when we say sanitarium, people think, you know, crazy, insane asylum. Yeah. This was a place for people to go and just kind of relax. Um, but that that was something that was there at one time. Um, but, you know, what's, the legends have kind of grown over the years. And, uh, you know, maybe it's because the the whole evil spirit things that they're still dwelling there. And so people see a lot of stuff back there. Um, I haven't, the pet cemetery, I've heard that. Um, don't know if there's any truth to it, but... Uh, I have heard about the uh, the phantom sounds of, of animals. Any other uh, strange kind of stories that you hear about just Turbo Canyon? I know we talked about the, the, the lady, yeah, the lady there, in white. Anything else that kind of stands out? That you, you know, like? there, there's a couple of them. Um, it has always been a legend that people were lynched back there, back in the day. Um, and we're talking about banditos. We're talking, this is Wild West stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's always been a story about the hang tree, people that will be hiking along and suddenly they'll just see a noose that's hanging from a, um, just an old kind of gnarled looking tree. And people that I've talked to, I've interviewed, I've never seen it myself, but I have interviewed people that have seen it. And they say it kind of gently sways in the wind, even though there's no wind. And they just get this evil feeling that, they shouldn't be where they are, and they usually get out of there pretty quickly. Um, you know, whether there's any truth to the lynchings and stuff, I don't know for sure. The uh, I've talked to the historical society about it, and they've been kind of coy on it. But I mean, you think about it: if you were going to do that kind of activity, where would you go? A place where you can hide, yeah, place yeah. where you can't be seen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in I'm in the Bank of America building, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Nixon's uh, building. Yeah, um, I've heard stories there. 
Does the elevator still move by itself? Uh, well, well, I wish it would move more frequently than it doesn't. But uh, is the elevator working? Yeah, it's constantly breaking down. But uh, um, any any good stories there? Do you know? I've just heard basic stuff just about seeing people in 1940s clothing walking around. Um, I heard that I used. I heard that the uh, elevator used to go up and down by itself, like. Um, so that that if that's not happening anymore, I, I don't know. But that's that's about the best stories that I've heard is just people in 1940s clothing, yeah. and like you know, obviously they don't belong there. So, um, I had a story that when I first moved in, that somebody had told me I'm on the fifth floor, um, and that there was a, a, a young young girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the age would be, that but, but they just mentioned young girl, mm-hmm. and uh, that she would just walk, you know, from office to office down the corridor corridors and so forth. Um, I was working late one night, and um, you know, I come out of my office, and all of a sudden, like things, like lights start turning on, and and you know, you start yeah. hearing things, and I, I mean, it, it was a little kind of you know yeah. freaky, but uh, it, it's uh, it's one of those things where like again, it's an old building, yeah. a lot of history in that thing, and uh, for me, like I said, I, I try to keep it positive, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hoping that all the spirits that are around are, are you know are here for good. Yeah. Um, but so, there's so a, what did you do? Did you stay? Did oh, you leave? I, I, I walked as fast as I could to that. You got the heck out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, but so, anyways, so that happened, and uh, I come to find out that like. Um, and this is again me telling the story to people and so forth, and people were saying the same thing. Like, man, it, you know, just things kind of turn on on yeah. their own and this and that. And then uh, we come to find out that the lights are automatic, so they turn on oh. themselves as or motion detected, right? So um, that, that that's interesting, though. It's interesting because they would turn on before we would actually get out. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so if if they're if they're turning on by themselves based on motion, then. There's got to be something, man. The one other story that I heard about that building is 1940s big band music playing, and nobody can quite figure out where it's coming from. And I've heard that when it is heard early, early morning or late at night. So have you experienced anything like that? Not yet. Yeah. Well, you'll let me know if you do. (laughs) I'm going to set you up, Jesse. I'm going to put a little speaker. (laughs) Go hide it somewhere. Well, I'll say this. There's definitely music playing uh, when I leave the office, but it's the brewery that's yeah, it's yeah. running with the music. Yeah. But uh, now you would know big band music, though. But the basement—have you been in the basement I of that place? Not. Pretty creepy. You've been there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. Like yeah. it's—I've uh, been there with people, and, and not a big deal. But when you're down there by yourself, you're like, oh man, like I'm gonna get in and get out. Yeah. You know? I think for me, it was more the fear of the building falling or an earthquake, because you're—you know—you're underneath a lot. Yeah. Of well, it, it survived the big one that we mm-hmm. had here. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Wow. What are the good stories do you have that, that you uh, – obviously, we're in Uptown right now. Um, anything in Uptown that, you, that you'd that say, oh, man, this is uh, definitely another story to kind of – Do you know um, a real good one that I got from – this is a, a number of years ago. Uh, the person lived here. Um, but it, it, it is a good story, and um, it, it, uh, it, it kind of – connects to a lot of the things that people have fears of. And, th- and this is one of our more malevolent spirits we're, t- we're talking about. Um, over at the theater down here, um, a lot of people that work in that theater have had experiences. Um, I talked to one manager who told me, he's like, I'll, I got things, I'm actually going to be interviewing this person in a few weeks, and he's like, I got things that will curl your hair. So there's, there's definitely some stuff over mm-hmm. there. 
And the person that shared the story with me, they worked in that theater back in the, uh, I think it was around the early 60s before it became the Pussycat Theater. And that, there's a whole story about that. But um, they were having um, just little odd things that were happening. And um, one of the people that worked there wanted to contact the spirit wanted to interact with it. So they, they got a Ouija board out, and they started trying to talk to it. And the spirit told them uh, that its name was Charles, and that Charles had um, performed at that theater um, back when they did vaudeville. So this is early 1920s. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, early 1930s, because that's when the theater was built. And this Charles said that they had died, and but they, they liked being in the theater. And so they all thought this was neat, that they were having this this interaction and Charles followed this young lady home and she would show up to work occasionally with claw marks and she would say yeah this, this is Charles that has did this to me and um, nobody really knew how to help her um, she was getting progressively paranoid and one day very very late at night um, they were closing down the theater and she went into one of the theaters uh, I guess to lock up or whatever, and they just heard this blood curdling scream, and uh, the, her coworkers ran in there, and she was gone. And as far as I know, she has never been found. Now, here's my thought on it: Do I believe that the ghost got her? No. What I think was that it had followed her home, and she was very scared by it, and I think she moved. I think she packed up her car, and that kind of that was her final. I'm getting in my car and driving yeah, away, yeah, and not yeah. coming back. <laughs> and the person who shared this with me, I said, "You never heard this from this person ever again. No phone call, nothing. You were you were friends." And her comment was, "Look, it was the '60s. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Google. Yeah. We didn't have really ways of tracking. You know, once somebody left town, that was kind of it. So, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, it's a good story. But uh, I, it creeps me out. Oh yeah, you know." What about um, obviously you know uptown area, but any other stories like around the perimeter of, of uptown, like that you uh, you hear like stories that that are also kind of similar? So here's another good one. Um, you all know where the San Gabriel River bed is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some walking trails over there and stuff. Um, I have now heard from three different people that they have seen soldiers walking over there. And when I hear soldiers, I'm like, okay, describe to me what these soldiers look like. And because I know my history, I know what the Mexican War uniforms looked like. And these are, look to be American soldiers in Mexican War era uniforms. We're talking 1840s, 1847, 48. We had a battle that took place on the San Gabriel Riverbed. Now, here's the part of the history that's interesting. When America went to war with Mexico, policy had to change because at the time it was... Somebody died, you sent the, the remains back home. But if you're all the way out here in West, where are you going to send those bodies? You can't. It's too hard. So you're going to bury them on the battlefield. And, you know, they may put a marker there, but the body's going to be forgotten. We know from history that when that little battle took place over at uh, Rio San Gabriel, three, three Americans died. They were buried there. And that area was developed. So that's what I think is happening. I think they show up just to let people know that my, that my remains are here. So there's the remains of three American soldiers over on that riverbed. And they wow. do pop up occasionally. And the people I've talked to, don't, they don't understand it. 
they say, yeah, I've seen this soldier. He had this floppy hat and he looked like a blue coat. And we, they see him through the fog, and then he just sort of vanishes. And uh, and I know their names, and uh, so we kind of looked them up. And I, I I couldn't find any you know records about the bodies ever being you know moved or anything like that. So I'm pretty sure they're still there. Is that obviously it's outside of the, the uptown area, but is that part of the actual? Uh tour as well um i actually uh i normally don't talk tell that story just because it's so far away but um i did tell it here uh, kim asked me to do a memorial day tour and she said hey you know if you've got any stories about you know war or or you know just soldiers or something that maybe you could connect in maybe whittier's history and uh, you know i kind of in the back of my head i'm like wait a minute i do know something about that actually this is one of the stories that I've, I've recorded in the last couple of years and i never really had a chance to use it and that was it was perfect for the yeah. tour so from all the, the stories that you know, how many do you actually share within the tour? Like, how big is a library? <laughs> well, that, that, that's a great question. Um, I have some standards that I, I kind of always touch on that are popular. Uh, people like the Lady in White. People like talking to me about Founders Park and stuff. Um, but, you know, I try to keep, I try to kind of, uh, you know, maybe not give all of them so it'll give an opportunity for people to come back and sure. maybe hear something they hadn't heard before. And as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's growing. You know, it's, as, as people share more stories with me, I've, I've got more material. I, I just interviewed uh, one of the homeowners a few weeks ago in, uh, in the Central Park. And, and I'd interviewed him before, and, you know, he just had a couple of other things that I didn't know that he hadn't shared with me. And, and I'm like, wow, you know, this, this, this is good stuff. Any good stories on, on Nellis property? Yeah, actually. Um, I've actually talked to some people that have worked there over the years. They all said back when it was, you know, there, um, very, very haunted location. They said that... Um, some of the inmates would be screaming in the middle of the night because some random ghost would show up just sitting there in their room. And, you know, everybody knows they were the only one in there, and suddenly there's somebody else in there and just some pretty terrifying stuff. Um, back when it was still there, um, there used to be, you know, some of those buildings are they haven't destroyed. Uh, where the commandant used to live, um, they used to see a, a uh, it was a boy probably of about 15 years old in a cadet uniform, uh, probably from the 30s or 40s. He would be seen walking down the stairs. Um, I don't know that anybody has seen him since they've kind of done, they've torn everything down over there, but yeah. he's one of the spirits. Um, Residents, though, have told me that now that they've built all those homes, that they do have some strange things happening over there. Really? Lights turning on and off by themselves. Um, there was a, there was a couple that came on my tour that said that um, they oftentimes will come home and their lights will be blazing in their house, even though they've shut everything off. No way. And I'm like, so do you think your house is haunted? They're like, we haven't seen anything, but we feel a presence. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, you know, it's it's the ground, perhaps. Yeah. You know, you, you, you ripped all the buildings down, but the spirits are still there. Oh, wow. So I have a question for you. Um, in, in that instance, and, you know, I'm, I'm in the business of real estate. Mm-hmm. And so if someone says, I think my house is haunted, how do I, is there a way of getting rid of the spirits or have, asking them to leave or whatever the right protocol might be? So that, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I have heard many different opinions on ridding your house of ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a woman that I, I talk to occasionally that she, she, has, a, she has a gift, mm-hmm. and she actually says that she can talk to spirits and ask them to leave. They don't always, but I guess she can reason with them. Um, I have one woman who's on my tour that has a very positive relationship with the ghost in her house. And when I say positive in that, she doesn't want to experience it. And she has told the spirit, I know you're here. You're welcome to be here. But I, as I, when I'm home, I don't want to experience you. 
And apparently that relationship works out. But when she does leave um, and maybe somebody house sits for her, the hauntings start again. So that's, that's kind of interesting in and to itself. Yeah. But uh, um, I, I, I suppose for the most part, if you ignore it or leave it alone, you're probably fine. But if it's more malevolent, um, you might be on your own. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think for me, cognac normally gets it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, I start forgetting about it. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though, that most of the people I've talked to that have that have full-blown hauntings have told me they've just learned to live with it. Um, there was one woman that, um, that she used to live in the Atwood house. Um, it's over on, off a of painter. House was built in uh, about 1915. And she said when she moved in, the haunting was very intense. Like, she had power tools that were turning on and off by itself. Um, her husband had a ghost cat land on her lap, on his lap. Literally, he could feel the claws sink into his um, into his pants, but yet there was nothing on his lap. Wow. And she went to the cemetery, found where the Atwood family were buried, uh, told them, look, I'm living in your house, but I'm just trying to renovate it, and the haunting just stopped. It was almost like they were giving her permission to live there. Yeah. And never, nothing ever happened again. Jeez. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely scary. Um, is is there any stories that you have of like um, of other places that kind of uh, migrate to Whittier, like like any stories that, that connect Whittier to um, what's that uh, Santa Fe Springs? Uh, is it Santa Fe Springs or Norwalk that uh, that uh, uh, hospital? That that big hospital? Do you know? I've had people on my state tour. Hospital? Yeah, state yeah, hospital. the old yeah. state hospital. Yeah, I've had people on my tour that. Um, have talked about it. Um, I actually had a young lady on my tour whose dad um, oversaw it for a while, and she kind of said that some creepy things happened. You know, just uh, she said she never felt safe in the building. I always felt like she was being watched. But unfortunately, that's a, that's about as good as I got. Right. That building is, or that whole parcel or area mm-hmm. is just completely creepy. My mom, have yeah. you been in it? Actually, worked there for in the hospital. No way. For this might have been a month. She's a. Uh, nurse assistant and yeah. I might have been this might have been 30 years ago 25 years yeah. ago and I had to go pick her up one time and I drove in and not know I I mean that, that thing's like a ghost town yeah. and they have I think stop signs and they, I don't think it was a light it was a stop sign but it, you have no idea where you're going there's yeah. no one there it, I don't even know why that place yeah. is still open. Yeah. you know if it is you know and it's probably at 5% capacity if anything yeah. oh man um, obviously, we're talking about like you know haunted stories and so forth. But is there within your tour like any just general kind of history or historical yeah. kind of? Uh... You know, I, I like to talk a lot about just the history of Whittier. How you know we were founded by um, you know the religious people that came in from the East Coast. We talk a little bit about John Greenleaf Whittier, even though he he never lived here. Um, we talk about um, you know obviously the Quakers came here and they settled the area. Um, I, I talk a little bit about, you know, Pio Pico had very large land holdings. And I, I, I like talking about Pio Pico because he's such an interesting character. Literally, he's a Spaniard, a Mexican, and American. You know, in a lifetime, he has three nationalities. Yeah. And, you know, he's the last Mexican governor of Alta California because, before we become the United States. And that's important. That's important to American history, Mexican history, California history. And the guy was here. He was here in Whittier. And um, I can't tell you how many times people have thanked me for telling, talking about him because they didn't even know. They had no clue even who he was. Yeah. And he has a house not far from here. Can we dive into that a little bit? Just like in terms of like who he, who he is and, yeah. Yeah. and how, he, how he got here? Yeah, he, he basically was the, um, he was born and here in Alta, California, back when it was a Spanish colony. 
uh, kind of worked his way into politics, eventually became a, the governor in the area. And he, um, as things kind of, I don't want to say snowballing, but as it looked like war was inevitable with America, as it looked like the Americans were going to invade this area, um, he kind of wanted to break away from Mexico and create um, maybe an independent California, and that didn't work out. Um, I think he wanted, well, he actually said that he wanted to link up with the British and make California maybe um, not really a colony of, the, of Great Britain, but maybe a protectorate. But and obviously things ended up working out where um, the United States became part, or California became part of the, of the United States. But um, he was a very wealthy man. He owned huge land holdings in this area. Um, after he started getting older, he had a little bit of a gambling problem, and he sadly had to sell off a lot of his holdings. And so that's kind of why Whittier, in a way, got developed, because as he was selling off those orange groves, um, the houses were built in that area. Mm-hmm. And we have a couple of houses on my tour that w- that actually was, it was Pio Pico's land before it was purchased. Wow. In his house, uh, is it his house or the although his? Uh, it was his ranch home. Ra- yeah, yeah. Is, is there any any stories to that? Like, uh, do you know? I've I've heard that it's haunted. I haven't gone over there to really talk to the um, uh, to, to the people that work there. But um, I've had a couple of curators come on the uh, the tour that have said that I need to get over there and check it out. So hopefully, I will have that opportunity very soon. So with, with COVID and whatnot, it's been a little bit hard yeah. to go to places like that but hopefully i'll have that opportunity do you ever get a, the opportunity to go in the houses yourself i know oh, yeah. walk- oh yeah. you do oh okay. yeah how about yeah. the people on the tour do they i mean we we can't um okay. it's just uh with obviously with the covid restrictions yeah. we haven't been able to do that and um it obviously it's kind of hard to to you know with the people that live there to you know, yeah, have people <laughs> in and out of their house they they've been very they've been very nice to just let me stop in front of their homes yeah. sometimes Ooh. they will come out and say hello and whatnot okay. but um you know, we're obviously we're trying to be respectful and, and sure. be a good neighbor. Yeah. You know? and, and how big is the average tour? Like when people are walking, are they walking in a herd or are they? We generally is smaller six up to twenty five. Um, I kind of like them to stay around ten, just because it's a little bit more intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a couple of nights where people say, "Hey, you know, I really, really want to come, so we'll extend it out, you know, twenty twenty five." But um, the smaller tours tend to be a little more intimate, a little bit more fun for the people there. Let's talk about the tour. I mean, it's um, so uh, there's one coming up, mm-hmm. right? Um, what where do you meet and and how where do you where do you start walking or and how, how do you sign you? up or how do you actually you just go on to either our Facebook page um, Haunted Whittier or onto Instagram Haunted Whittier as well. Um, we have a link set up there. Uh, it's pinned to the top. You just click on it and you'll see the dates that we have for the tours. We have one uh, actually coming up this Saturday. So if you want to come, we do have some spots open. Uh, we it's all the information's on the ticket, but we meet at the John Greenleaf's Whittier statue in Central Park. Okay, and we. We walk through the park. We look at some of the homes that are around the park, and then we walk down Friends and uh, have a couple of homes there that we stop and look at, and then we kind of weave our way back. It's about a half-mile walk, and um, it's lots of fun to do uh, late at night. We have uh, Sometimes we see um, white owls. We have some bats that sometimes fly over us. Uh, very, very enjoyable evening. And, and it usually starts in the evening, right? When Always the in the evening. Comes down. Always in the evening. Spirits see, don't come out during the day. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's not going to be fun if it's not dark, right? Not yeah. Um, and then uh, timing-wise, I know you said it's a short walk, but overall... We, about like an hour and a half. Um, 
sometimes a little bit less, but um, if I hit an hour and a half, I will tell the group, you, know, you guys want more stories or not. And sometimes I've actually had them go two hours because they just want to hear more, and, and uh, sometimes I can make that work. Yeah. Wow. No, definitely. I mean, it's, it's definitely something we have to do. Uh, uh, just make sure you bring a big group. Yeah. <laughs> Someone I can hold on to just yeah. in case. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Again, Jacob, thank you for, for uh, coming on and, thank you. and having you know this conversation. Uh, we'll definitely have to do this tour, and uh, I guess maybe do a second second uh, podcast. After, just, yeah. Yeah, 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 just yeah. to see what, what we've learned. Well, you guys have been um, great. Thank you. Thank you. And again, for me, it's just it's uh, learning the, the history, mm-hmm. but then tying it to the, to the actual stories you hear from yeah. people. And the locations, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's the part that I think, because yeah. the story is good, but once you're in front of a the yeah. property or in front of where the story is to take place, I think it gives it a complete different feel. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Oh, man. Dave, we have a couple woodier questions for you. Okay. So Hopefully you, I know them. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, normally, if, when you're in Uptown or any part of Whittier uh, and you want to grab maybe breakfast or a sandwich or a cocktail, where are your go-to spots? Well, I'm going to come to Modern Shaman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> What's one of the things that you enjoy ordering here? Do you know, um, actually, her, uh, her burger here is now i got to be clear i'm not a vegan i will eat that burger yeah. any day of the week yeah um she's got some wonderful food here yeah you know it's funny me and my wife come here we're both not vegan yeah. no desire ever to be vegan but the food is really good so you know it's, it's funny the first time i came here she just said eat it with an open mind and some kind of thing am i not am i if i have to open my mind am i not going to like this yeah. Yeah. and after the first bite i'm like no nah, no nah, yeah. this is this is wonderful and, and yeah. i will eat here again Nice. Um, is that normally for lunch, breakfast, or I don't know? Yeah, the, the dinner here is great. The dinner. Yeah, okay. I, I've, I've come here for dinner a couple of times. Okay. And how about maybe a, a coffee or an adult beverage, or if you were to you unwind, know, um, where would you go? Do you know uh, that, that, and you're going to have to, I've been there a couple of times, and I can't remember the name, Nixon's. Is that is that right? The, Am the I saying that right? Chase? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Wonderful. The Nixon, yeah. Yeah, wonderful. The steak yeah. there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were going to say something, Jess? No. Oh. <laughs> you stared at me because we both know the steak's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, 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 it's like it's Confirmed. worth having. Yeah. 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 Um, is there uh, one thing or one story about just when, you, when someone says Whittier that just resonates, maybe an old memory, um, something that just comes to you when someone says Whittier? Obviously, you have a lot of stories of Whittier. Yeah, I do. Do you know, it's funny. Um, I kind of connect a little bit to the Nixon family. I knew one of their um, nieces growing up. And so it's not like it's any great story, but I can't help but think about Richard Nixon and that, you know, this was where he came from. And, and whatever your politics are, look at where Richard Nixon came from here in Whittier. And if somebody like that can become the American president, almost anybody can. And I think that's one of the neat things we have about Whittier is that you can move on to do great things, even if you're from a small town. And we actually, one of the houses that we do stop at, I don't have any ghost stories about it, but I do point out it was a place that uh, the Sharpless house, Richard Nixon was friends with the boys. So when he was in law school, he would go and have dinner there all the time. And I point that out to people. And I can't tell you how many people think, my gosh, here he was an American president and he used to have dinner in this little tiny house. Exactly. That's what it's about. Um, If there is... Oh, oh, I got a Nixon story. Okay. Um, So the museum. And every time I take somebody there and they've never been there before, I like taking them to the the third floor, Mm. which is where they have uh, Nixon's kind of replica office. Yeah, they do. And uh, you walk down the hallway... And if you're not lucky for it, you've been, you know what I'm talking uh, about, right? 
they have a mannequin of him mm-hmm. like just staring out at you the one that's and, sitting on the desk yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and people just freak, like they'll be walking out expecting it and all of a sudden the, the, the light turns on and then this figure pops up and every every just kind of whoa what was that you know that's my story. Every time I, I take somebody that that's never been there, I say, hey, just go down this hallway. See yeah. what you find. You know? I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So you know Richard Nixon. Do, who is our other uh, connection to, to an, a president in, here in Whittier? A lot of people – everybody knows about Richard Nixon, but we have another presidential connection in Whittier. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. Do you know? Bush? No, no. no. We're going back further, oh, further okay. than Nixon. No, I'm gonna give, I'll give you a hint. There's actually a school named after her. Her. Yeah. I, I can't yeah, think of any. No. Lou, Lou Hoover, the wife of oh, Hoover. President Hoover. Hoover. Yes. Uh, no, wait, what's she's, she's from Whittier. But what's, uh, is that what it is? Yeah, is she's, she's from Whittier. Whittier. She's from Whittier. Interesting. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, she went to elementary school here. And uh, she's an interesting woman. Read up on her. Fluent in Chinese, believe wow. it or not. <laughs> so. uh-huh. There you go, more history. Yeah. yeah. Now, is, is there something that you um, wish Whittier had? that maybe you drive to that you said, you know what, man, I wish Whittier had one of these or one of those or maybe an activity or something that... Boy, that's interesting. Do you know what? One of the things I like about Whittier is that we're kind of a quiet town. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we need a theme park or anything mm-hmm. out here. I think we just have a nice community and uh, I, I, we've got some good restaurants. We have our, one, our lovely uptown here that we've done a good job of preserving. So I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Good question, though. Yeah, nice. More haunted stories. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. more, lots more ghost stories. Uh, have you ever done a haunted tour? Yeah. Where? So, so I've done two. Um, well, I, I should say haunted, uh, but they do have some kind of haunted element to it. And, mm-hmm. and I, it seems kind of what you're saying yeah. is every time I go to a town, I try to see what, what kind of tours you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've done the Alcatraz one. I hear um, that's a good one. It's really good. If you ever get a chance, um, they have two. One is where you do, it's a self-guided tour, mm-hmm. uh, and they give you headphones, and it's a pre-recorded yeah. uh, um, audio. Mm-hmm. That one was really good. Um, they have the other one where like, they actually have somebody, I don't know if he was an inmate or, mm-hmm. or, or somebody who worked at the facility that kind of gives you a group tour. That one's also pretty good. Um, and then I done the one in Seattle, the underground. Uh, oh yeah, I've heard about that one. Uh, yeah, it's an underground city, and I don't know if you know. Have you mm-hmm. heard? So Seattle, at some point, uh, Seattle, the city itself, is uh, below the sea, sea level, level. Mm-hmm. and so uh, at some point there was like a flooding, and so all the first floor of majority of the buildings are underground. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and so they take you underneath, and you see a whole new city, man. Which is it's, it's pretty. That cool. is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, again. I, I love stories like that because you you yeah. get a more of a history of yeah. what where you're where you're at or visiting. I've done one in New Orleans. I hear that's the best one in the United States. Really? That's what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was enjoying a couple cocktails, so I remember <laughs> it vaguely. But was it, was, it a walking tour? It's a walking tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. And it, it was. I mean, they have tons of them. Mm-hmm. So it's not just. I don't know if it was one company, but I remember. Uh, like there was many time slots, and when we would go to a location, there was another one or two you know, cohorts or groups that are mm-hmm. also going as well or coming yeah. behind us. So it, it's it's really big out I there. Bet. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to go to Florida, down in Key West, they have a very very scary ghost tour. Really? Uh, very impressive. Wow. So if you're ever down there, check yeah. that one out. In terms of other places nearby Whittier, do you is there any other kind of haunted? Uh, you know, I know Fullerton has one, and um, you know they've got some old haunted theaters and whatnot there. Um, 
Orange has a very good ghost tour. Um, I've done it. And I've actually, um, they've come out and done my tour, and we're very complimentary. So nice. um, I have to say good things about them as well, and, and it's worth doing if you're out. Because Orange is old, too. They've got some great old buildings there. Yeah. But the best ones here in Whittier. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, did we go through the questions already? Sorry, I, I, know so. I interrupted you on the yeah, yeah. Uh, restaurant. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. good. Perfect. Well, again, Jacob, thank you for, for thank coming you. on. Yeah. Uh, for Again, for those that are looking to uh, get on the tour, uh, where do they find you? Just go onto Facebook or Instagram, type in Haunted Whittier, and all of our ticket information is there. And uh, we hope to see you. We have a tour this Saturday, so we hope some of you will, uh, will join us. Awesome. Thank you again, yep. and uh, we'll look forward to the next one. Thank yeah. you, gentlemen. All right. Bye see you later, Whittier. Bye, Whittier.